Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 836, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Sinister. Hey, welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 836. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with my co-host, Connor Kilpatrick. I'm glad you added my co-host because I took a sip of water and I was like, oh, I'm out of time. But you add that little bit and let me swallow. Yeah. It's pacing. When, you yeah. do the, when you're in the podcast game as long as we are, <laughs> you have a sense like, I feel like I should pause here. I don't know why. And then, and then the other part of the podcast game is that, that Connor not only uh, used it and appreciated it, but he said it out loud. He yeah. said, here's, here's where I would have screwed up and then I didn't. Anyway, uh, quickly... Quickly gaining on us in these these terms is our is our third chair, our semi regular co host, Dr. Ryan Haupt. Thanks. I'm carefully drinking coffee, very carefully. Yep. yep. So let's see if He's we can made get a this. joke here about himself. I'm going to read to you now. The PhD <laughs> stands for poorly handled decisions. Those it's of you at few. home might might not <laughs> poorly handled decisions. There's been a few, but then again. Too few dimension. The much long-awaited musical episode of I Fanboy. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've been on the verge of it for quite a while. There was a, there was a, there was a hardware issue last night, and uh, it put it put Ryan's presence and Connor's afternoon plans on alert. And uh, <laughs> we're here. Uh, if we're it here. all goes well, and I suspect it may, you won't notice the difference. Other than like Connor before me, I just told you, I'm a big fan of talking about mistakes. <laughs> Also, uh, m- mistakes before the show preferable to mistakes after the show or during true. the show. That's true. There have been or problems. Yeah. So big problems. Yeah. We are a fanboy. We're like everybody. We have problems. But what we do that everyone else doesn't is that every week one of us picks a book they like the best from the stack of comics that came out this week, and we call that the pick of the week, which is our problem. We talk about that book. We talk about other books from the week. We talk about the patron book. Sometimes a problem. Uh, We answer some listener email if we have time. Uh, Your spoiler warning is that, and this isn't a problem for us. No. It's a problem for you. It's your problem. But you can either take it on or avoid it. There's going to be spoilers. We're going to talk about what happens in the books. Not not gratuitously. We're not here to to screw you, but we got to do the job. And if we didn't, that would be a problem. Ryan, (laughs) was the pick of the week a problem this week? One of the few things that wasn't a problem was the pick of the week. I'd actually read most of my books by the time, uh, I guess we'll, we'll just call them the troubles began. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not, not do that. Okay. Use that no, term. Not no, okay. Not. Yeah, nope. That's not okay. <laughs> <It's a> copyright <laughs> infringement. Um, no. Well, 
So uh, it's funny. I, I must have been on the show the same week's rotations worth of books last time because there was a lot of repeats in um, the, st- the stack. Yeah, you're on and once a month. I know, I know, but I'm, <laughs> but sometimes it gets shifted by a week, and so I'm not always like looking at the same books. But um, what was interesting is as I was going through my books, pretty much all the books we talked about last time I was on the show didn't weren't doing anything this week that that warranted discussion in my in my opinion. Um, so I have almost a completely fresh slate of books to want to discuss. But the one that stood out for me, and I have to say that it was a front runner for the pick on page one was uh, Hellboy and the BPRD Old Man Whittier with the story by Mike Mignola and the art by Gabriel Hernandez-Walta. Colors by, of course, Dave Stewart and letters by Clem Robbins is a special, so there's no number. And um, yeah, just the, the I don't know, uh, the first page turn past the, the sort of inside cover page when I saw that, um, however, Gabriel Hernandez-Walta had decided to do this textured, almost yeah. watercolor painterly look. I was yeah. like, Ooh, Ooh, yeah. Oh, I'm liking this. And the way the story developed, I don't know um, if, if this is a true secret, it, it reads like it's a sequel to a previous story that occurred, but if it is, that's not a story that I was familiar with. So I was coming to this completely fresh and it's about this woman who inherits an old creepy house in Massachusetts, which is a part of uh, new England, I believe. And, um, <laughs> she has kind of faded memories about her time maybe spent in that house as a child, but there's a creepy old caretaker and a creepy painting of a, of a guy whose face she remembers seeing and Hellboy is with her and they kind of go their separate ways in exploring the mystery of this house and the way the issue built tension and built creepiness and uh, eventually revealed some of the horrors of this house that uh, Hellboy has to solve in his very um, straightforward, no-nonsense Hellboy way just made for a really compelling one-shot uh, comic book. How good is Gabriel Hernandez Walta? I mean, it's is, incredible. He is one of my favorite artists, I think, uh, in comics. And it's not just because there's anything flashy about his work. It's just it's it's solid storytelling wise. It's just the way the the way he draws things is is impeccable. You know, he can do superheroy you know action stuff but just little things like the rundown house or the pa- old painting of the creepy old man. Like all of this stuff the stuff is really just impeccable. Drawn. Yeah. Look at the eyes on the caretaker and like the painting of the old man on the wall. The, yeah. the mm-hmm. squishy, suspicious eyes, and they change every pan. I'm looking at page seven. The the lady appears and mm-hmm. she's got mm-hmm. a different expression in every panel. She went side eye. Tell exactly. What, yeah, you can tell exactly what she's thinking, and and now she's she's uh, switching depending on who she's talking to because she is not she's not down with Hellboy. Mm-hmm. She's no. making no secret of it. No, you're 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 absolutely right. I I. I read this and I was like, oh, this is this is a thousand percent exactly what I want from Hellboy. And you'd mentioned I'm not sure if something came before it. And the thing that I have learned about Hellboy that I really appreciate is that it doesn't matter. There's no, no it doesn't. It's great. Ever. Like you can read any Hellboy ever. You know, like sometimes there are, you know, like a mini series within it, but any Hellboy story is up for grabs because it, it just doesn't matter. They don't do it that way. And it's not like they're going to come along and do some amazingly original monster story. They're going to do the same one that you've read before. And for some reason, you're going to like that. <laughs> I, I can't figure that formula is pretty tough, but you know, and he's been doing it know, for like 30 years. Right. Yeah. And it's not, it's not being told linearly. You know, this takes place in 1986. So it's, you know, it's a younger Hellboy, but still very mature in his sort of monster hunting milieu. And like, the, well, the he's sequence. not that younger. He's been around for 40 years in the world at that point. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. He's been monster hunting since the 50s. 
but the I think where it really sealed it that this was probably going to be my pick because uh, it wasn't. I had a few books to read after it that were in contention, but this this definitely took went home with it. Is when the they split up the party and Hellboy starts wandering through the cemetery and just the parallel storytelling yep. and the way that the tension builds between both characters simultaneously and the page turns and the reveals and uh, and then and then you know culminating in, in a very brief scuffle <laughs> that leads to the destruction of the house. And then the old caretaker woman just kind of fades to dust. And Hellboy's just like, yeah, you'd be amazed how often that happens. And then <laughs> that's the end. And I'm like, wow, what a great little I mean, button. Hellboy's portion of that was great where he, he's in the, he's in like sort of the tomb in the back and he opens the coffin and Caesar stares and he goes, Oh crap. And yeah. it's a, it's a cliche, but it's, a, they find the perfect moment to use that line. And then you get a bunch of silent panels of him while, you know, I just said parallel to what she's doing his, with the old lady. And he's just looking around and you can just almost see what he's thinking, which is just like, oh no, like this is, this is going to suck because there's all these barrels down there and they're dripping this weird green liquid. And, and he, there's, there's a bunch, there's a, let's see, so one. Which he tastes. He yeah, said, well, I better give this a lick. One, two, three, four, five. Five silent panels of Hellboy just looking around this this uh, creepy vault wine wine cellar. And That's supposed to be the tomb of the guy who built the yeah. house, but is being used for other things, which makes you wonder where's the guy. Just great storytelling, oh. and then coupled with terrific art. When, when when we had our technical difficulties last night, and I was like, oh shit, am I gonna have to make the pick? I was starting to think about what it would be, and this is definitely up there, even though the the, the last yeah. one was mine as well. I didn't didn't matter because in terms of Quality, craft, and storytelling. This was terrific. I'm, I'm, I love these. I'm loving these little one shots they're doing. Yeah, yeah. keep them coming. 100. Uh, yeah. So, Batman Catwoman 12 came out this week. The final issue of the Batman Catwoman story, which was originally supposed to appear within the pages of Batman itself. And I don't know what this was ultimately, or or, or what. The point of it was now that's not to say this was a bad issue i think that's correct i really liked this issue and mostly because it was the reunion of batman catwoman lois lane and clark kent which was one of the best little arcs of that run he did on the main book where they were hanging out going on double days together but man i don't know i don't, <laughs> I don't know i don't know what what was this um, can yeah. you imagine if this happened in the book itself? People would have melted yeah, I get down. It. I get it. I, I really, like, it's funny because I, I lost track of whatever the plot was going to be because it, it time jumps a ton. It's and like I, three I, different storylines, timelines. The very yeah. basic thing is that in the future, Bruce is dead. Uh, Selena is old. And they Helena have a is, the, is the new bat woman or whatever yeah. she is. Uh, and they don't get along great, which is funny because she's like, I'm the greatest detective in the world, mother. Like, oh, God. <laughs> um, it, but Selena kills the Joker. Yeah. And it's weird because it's very matter of fact at this point. But up until that point, it was very like um, you weren't sure exactly what happened. It was mm -hmm. very mysterious. And in here, it's just accepted fact. And I was like, maybe you should have just gotten on with it. But. I liked that scene between the two of them in the past and the gift and what she gives her and it's not what she thinks it's going to be. And then that's it for the past. Oh, it's the future. future. Right, yeah, I'm sorry, the future. And then we, so we sort of uh, zip backwards again to their sort of wedding day. 
Yeah. And it ends like on that romantic note, which is weird because it feels like, you know, most of the story took place after that. So that seemed to be like settled. Fact. And it didn't feel like this was the, the sort of, yeah, it didn't feel like this was leading up to a happy ending. But maybe, I don't know, maybe this, maybe them getting well, married isn't supposed to be a happy ending. They just brought you to the happy ending point, even though you know what happens after it. And that's where they left the story. And, and it says the end. And I went, wait. <laughs> and I had a moment. It, I enjoyed reading this. I yeah. really did. And, but, you know, and the art's gorgeous. It was weird. I don't love Clay Man. I, I think he Clay is Man. great. I No, I like what he does. I I feel like maybe it's not the style of art that I have chosen. For no, no, it's totally not your style of art. And I get, and I know people don't like his art at all. And it's totally fine. I, I just, I love it. But, um, I'll tell you what he did great though. That second to last page with the um, Adam West dressed Batman. <laughs> yeah. He drew the shit out of that. That's yeah. that's not that's not guy who only draws super sexy people. Like that's great figure drawing and acting and the costume is wonderful. Yeah, the 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 uh priest at the casino that marries Catwoman and Batman yeah. Bruce is dressed as Adam West Batman because they choose the bat pack the bat package, what was it? Bat, uh, the Batrimonial. Batrimonial package, where you get married by Batman, and she's like, oh, we have to do that. He's like, mm. Does Clark only get away with wearing that suit because his identity's out now? Because that color combo, if you're still trying to maintain a secret identity, is just a bad choice. Also, we don't know if he's short. out in this universe. Ugh. Her, both of their dresses are way too short. Well, and I, I don't mean that in, like, like, a Puritan way. I'm just like, you know. It just, it's... it's they're, they're, it they're at out. basically Gotham's Vegas, so... That's I guess those are long dresses for Vegas. Listen, I don't I don't know. I don't understand. I don't want to know. It's easier <laughs> not to have to think about. It's much easier not to have to think about. It was That's also a little I, I I was always kind of taken aback by this book being set at least one or two of the timelines is set around Christmas time. And oh, there's this whole like well, it's, yeah, it's Wayne Manor time. advent calendar thing with a bunch of different Christmas songs. And it just, for whatever reason, it just feels weird to be reading that in June, July. Like, I just, it, I'm not yeah. in the mood for a Christmas story. It's just, <laughs> you've been reading it for four years. Well. <laughs> it was in Christmas at some point. I've, I've been, and I've, I've probably been in the mood for this story about a third of that time. I think, you know, we, we, we've talked about a lot about Tom King over the years, obviously, and we talk a lot about his Batman run, and, and we talked, was it last week, Josh? We had the email about people, our writers who were better in long runs versus short yeah. minis. Yeah. So this is wrapping up his Batman story that he began in in the in the main book, but I think it showed that perhaps the ideas he wanted to explore weren't the best for a main incontinuity Batman comic, and this is probably which, best. Which Dan DiDio, quick, you know, which Dan DiDio <laughs> figured out, which right. is fine. I think you know it didn't come out regularly. There were art. Um, delays and switches to try to keep it on on track at one point. I think Clay, Clayman did one issue in a year's time. If this had come out monthly and you'd been able to hold on to a thread, I think we'd be in a better position. But also, like, he wasn't trying to make it easy. He's, an, you know, he, Tom King's a novelist. Mm -hmm. And he did a novel here, and it doesn't necessarily lend itself to this format. Now, I th we used to say this about Grant Morris, and I think we can safely say it about Tom King, is that even when it doesn't succeed, he swings for the fences. He goes for doing mm -hmm. something interesting. Interesting to him. He's trying to push a boundary. He's trying to do something that isn't what everybody else is doing. And, you know, I, you have to respect that. You know, right. it, it, you know I'm not going to call it a failure, but I've used the term beautiful failure. You know, yeah. and I think that there's a bit of that there. 
uh, you know, the, it didn't entirely work. But I can't look at it and go, this was awful. Like, it's it's not. It's great, you know, in its way. And it's not great in other ways. And I, I'm not even saying that because, like, because I like Tom. You know, we talk mm-hmm. about his work all the time. But, you know, he, he, he'd said to me, you know, the uh, Heroes in Crisis, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he, he misjudged. And I think... I think this works, but if you're always trying to think of it in the context of the regular Batman series or a straight-up superhero story, like it does not fit. I think artists who uh, always do the safe thing end up being boring at the end. And so that means sometimes you're going to do things that don't work because you yeah. try something different or new or uh, outrageous and maybe, maybe it won't happen. But I did laugh out loud at one point where, you know, and Selena and Bruce are going to get married to the Gotham Chapel and, and he's like... You know, clearly Clark and Lois are coming. And he's like, if he starts talking about hope, I'm fucking out of here. And then so they show up. And Clark, to, Clark goes into his his monologue, and uh, this, is a, this is about the river and Krypton. And, mm-hmm. and then you know, in the background, you just see I'm talking about, of course, about hope. And I just started, I just started laughing because you could just picture him being all earnest, trying to give a speech at Batman's wedding. And uh, it was, I mean, there was good bits in here. For sure. But the yeah. whole thing with, like, um, the fan- Phantasm character. Yeah, Andrea. Just, just didn't work. Just, a, lot of, a lot of it didn't work. It just wasn't compelling. True. But, yeah, there you go. That. The Avengers 57. So, what we have here is a story um, about an alternate timeline or Marvel Whatever. This is what Jason Aaron has been doing in and out of the Avengers the whole time. Um, we have a World War II era Sorcerer Supreme who... I feel like I read a story like this in something else. But is it alternate or is it just the past? No, it's alternate. I don't know. Okay. I've lost Either way. this. Yeah. I'm fairly yeah, no, certain totally, it's alternate. But if I look at this, and I did, if I look at this as a one-shot, like how about this kind of thing? Really, really enjoyed it. Yes. I think it was exceptionally well-written that the art was great for it. It's uh, a a um, it's basically just like a GI, like a like a Nick Fury type in World War II, and he has to take down a demonic submarine because Hitler has uh, like a special uh, um, cult division. division. Yeah, yeah, cult division. That was the word I couldn't find. U six six the SSO. Yeah, and then you know it's it's it the submarine is is um. It's possessed by a demon. We turn it learns out later that we find out that it's Mephisto, and then he ends up shipwrecked on this island with a bunch of other GIs, and and, and he's like, "You need to get away from me right now." And Mephisto uh, um, possesses all of them, and they end up killing each other, and every one of them dies, which is what he said would happen. And I just it was really fun to read. I think this character is sub- Doctor Strange is a war story. Yeah, I think I remember now that now that you mentioned that, Josh, I'm remembering there was some sort of they did some sort of weird character mashup thing. A little while ago, so there was like a Spider-Man Moon Knight character, and I think this was the version that mm-hmm. was, it's the two Stevens. It's Stephen Rogers and Stephen Strange merged together. So it's what if, in order to become the super mm-hmm. soldier, they used Sorcerer Supreme magic on a guy instead of Alpha, uh, Vita Rays and, and Super Soldier Serum. Mm. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I if I don't, you know, worry about sort of what this has to do with Marvel continuity, if anything at all, I, I dug it. I had a ton of fun reading it. His his meat gun thing is super creepy <laughs> and appropriate. Uh, There's like the, star brand you know, A bombs. 
And I think that final battle yeah. sequence where we're seeing like glimpses of Valkyrie and um, Thor and Captain Marvel, I think those are the 616 versions yes. helping yeah. helping out this reality survive this threat so that this team of weird World War II era Avengers will be ready to join up in the multiversal team they're probably going to put together at the end of the big culmination. And and in what is my favorite hell, I'm sorry, Ghost Rider of all time, uh, is is tanky Ghost Rider. <laughs> it's just awesome. It's an awesome design. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like he's smoking a cigarette, which doesn't make sense, but it's awesome. Uh, I thought you were yeah. going to say man I, thing I, with, I, the I, giant, I with the giant helmet. And a gun. Oh, I didn't even see Four thing, yeah, I believe they awesome called too. him. Yeah. Four thing. I, I agree with you. This, I, would, I, mean, I would, like, if this was a miniseries, I'd read it. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. I, I really liked the, reading this issue, even if I, I, I thought it was the I was very confused. I thought it was the past just because I, I don't know what's going on. And I think <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm grossed out by the meat gun in a way that I can't move past. We should it's, be. I like that. It's, it's very awesome. it's very disquieting to me. I do not like it. But what kind of meat there, is son? it? Is it veal? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it. I'm guessing it has a texture and a sliminess and I'm guessing it, it moves and I don't like any of it. Yeah. I just don't want it. I, I don't want to be around it. I don't want to hold it. I don't want to touch it. I, I, I can. It. it makes a sound. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. Teeth. So <laughs> this art was great. Javier Garan was a hundred percent perfect for this thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was really fun. He drew. He drew excellent Nazi jawed person. <laughs> and I don't. I don't <laughs> that's not something that you should say in a recording. No, we format, talk about. We do talk about jawed person a lot on this show, whether it's a rocketeer yeah. situation or. A well, this is this is actually. Nazis. It's a jawed person show. I mean, we talk about comics, but really, it's a Jodpur's podcast. Jodpur's and pizza. About. Yeah. A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance, number nine, pizza and tacos. Tacos, yes. Okay, I'm glad. I, I didn't want to add this to the list just to talk about the tacos, but once you put it on there, Connor, I was like, thank you. Taco Talk is happening. Well, what I, what I thought originally when I said before was that the pick was going to come down to Hellboy and, and this book, A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance, only because of uh, the taco scene. But we've talked to Josh about how this book is bizarre. I, I was thinking this morning, like who is even righteously thirsty for vengeance in this book? Like it's such a strange book. It's such, I don't know the stakes. I don't know why anything's happening. I don't know why Steve Bannon's giving a side eye on the cover and it's not at all on the issue. The, the And the pacing varies wildly from issue to issue. It's the most unremender book. Other than that one issue where Benedict Wong Fight, fought, fought that assassin guy and had that incredibly brutal fight. Other than that, this is like the most unremender book I've ever read, which is why I find it so fascinating. Yeah, and I don't know, I don't know what it says about me and my relationship with Remender's writing, but this is by far my favorite thing he's done in a long time. Interesting. So I love this issue, which feels like it's mostly a silent story about the Benedict Wong character and the kid he rescued just sort of having a day in Mexico where they, you know, go which swimming and then they go. They go to the taco bar, and there's like a long sequence where this guy makes tacos for them. And after the end of it, I was like, fuck, I want a taco. And, you know, they just sort of hang out and walk around the markets and go, you know, it's like there's a whole sequence in the middle where there's no dialogue. And I was like, wow, this is so unremender. And which like, was all great, but also was fraught with like, oh, God, this child is going to die in a ghastly way. And, <laughs> and, I mean, like the whole time I was waiting for that shoe to drop. But I think, I think. Think about Remender's work for the last couple of years and how it's all been anxiety about the world or parenting. Or mm-hmm. I feel like this kid's going to live and Wong's going to die protecting the kid. And, and, and that's fine, but just I'm saying like it's fraught. But I also think that – I think this is all a happy thing, but 
if you are a parent, mm-hmm. like there's like the beauty of days and times like this is just unbelievable. It is it is the best thing, and you will remember it forever, and you hope that the kid will remember it forever too. But there is another side to it, in that like you're like, ugh, you know, like this is gonna go away, and in this but, book, this is yeah. gonna go away in one way or the other, and I don't know, like it felt incredibly sincere to me, and I love that there was no dialogue, and I think that um, uh, Lima Rajo, like, man, did he put me in this Mexican village? Yes, a thousand percent. Christian Halloran with the colors. You know the the bit where he sque- squeezes the lime over the shrimp. Yeah, it's just ugh. there's so many little details because at the end of the last issue, we actually weren't sure if I think the kid is Xavier or Javier. I, we weren't sure if he was okay because he'd like had to been forced to drink Drano or something awful. And so like the first page where it's the house on the beach and you know we're in Mexico and you see the grill and you see that there are two books on the table and there are two pairs of flip flops and there are two boogie boards. And you're just like, oh, like the way it's set up that like, okay, the two of them made it. They're together now. They're doing something, you know, doing something else, laying low, like the way it built. And then, you know, crescendoed into this beautiful taco making scene. (laughs) Uh, I just thought was really charming and excellently. That first page, I knew something was up because it was, you know. Puerto Penasco, Mexico, Penasco, and it's just a bunch of silent panels of the grill and the books and the boogie boards and the flip flops, and then you get the little the tinkling of the wind chime, and I went, oh, just from that first page because it's it was so unlike oh, remember, but also su- such a way to set the the mood of the book and the place you're in. Like you could hear that sound, and you could f- picture the water, you know, the sound of the water and the smell of the ocean. And then it just kept going from the next page. He's making the kid breakfast, and you can you could hear and smell and see all that stuff. And then this it's a four page taco sequence in the middle of a twenty page book. You know? How much toast do you think that kid's gonna eat? He's a kid. I would have eaten that's all that. Would've, like that's would've like taken all five that toast down. Of toasts. Yeah. Listen, I don't know if you know about the grocery inflation. You know, but we're barely keeping up with PBJs around here. Four slices of bread. What are they, the Rockefellers? Come on. I mean, I'm not a, I like, shrimp tacos are fine. I'm not a huge shrimp taco guy, but I would eat all these shrimp tacos this guy's making. I just, we never saw him season the shrimp. That's the only thing I'm a little concerned about. You know, he did the, the sliced avocado, the, he, he squeezed a lime, but like, I didn't see any salt. I didn't see any other seasoning uh, added. And that's the only cause for concern that I have. He did devein the shrimp, which is a nice touch. Not something I always do in my home kitchen. What? Is on the are they beans on the on the on the um stove top? Good question. Oh, yeah. That to yeah. me, that is your flavor, but I don't know where it ends up in the end. I don't think we saw him at it. I mean, a typical Mexican street taco, you're not gonna have beans. Yeah, it's just it's just avocado and shrimp. Well, he's and got shrimp. a whole cooktop though. He right, does. but you we see him put together the taco. It's just avocado right. slices and shrimp. There's a little cup next to it. Look, you can see the salt. Oh There's yeah, salt yep, that probably is. Yep. And there's a little seasoning cup next to it, so he probably put those things on. We just didn't see it. That probably is a little seasoning blend. Yep. Yeah, yeah, like a little, also, ad- a little adobo, adobo seasoning. They take the bite and then they look at each other, and then it's just like this happy day in the midst of all this pain they've been through. Um, I just love this issue, even if I have no fucking idea what's going on in this book still. And like how quietly you're reminded of the horrors that they've been through when Benedict Wong takes his shirt off and you see how scarred up he still is mm-hmm. from the stuff they've gone through. I really liked this issue, but I don't know that I put my finger on it too much. I was surprised to see it on the list because I kind of thought that, like Connor, I thought you'd given up on it. And I don't know. Like, I, I, it is very, I don't know 
if you can do this unless you've had like a magical day with your kid or with your dad, I guess. <laughs> I don't think of that part. I guess you could have that memory. But like I've had days like this and they're like the literal best thing in the world. I can look back and say, oh, that's the that's the best day I have ever lived, you know. And I think that that's there's something really great about that. And there's something very true about the way that it was it was portrayed. God, I can smell this book. I just wish I wish I understood more about this series or why anything is happening or what anything is going on. If you start to turn it into a metaphor, I feel like you can kind of get there because all of Rick's stuff is a metaphor. I don't know if the scumbag is. It is, but that's not the same way. But like, (laughs) there's a lot of metaphor that one. Black science is is a metaphor. and you know and and um fear agent is clearly a metaphor and like those are all my favorite books of his um what was the one about the underwater shit that i completely lost track oh low low yep low i read a lot more of that than i think that i talked about on here but i I never i never got a hold to it i dropped that's that's the only one i've dropped off of seven to eternity the most beautiful book that i have not been able to oh that one too i dropped off that one yeah which is too bad because it was i mean it was literally the most beautiful book yeah yeah they both were actually. <laughs> so let's talk about Chip Zdarsky's Public Domain from Image. This is the Substack book. So this is the first Substack book we've had released from a comic company. Is it? Uh, yep. Okay. And uh, so this is one of those he, he did through Substack. Uh, he wrote and drew this one. Yes, and the whole thing. Is there no I guess other everything print? else, letters, uh, colors. Colors. Um. Uh, first of all, I, I always like seeing his art. We, we see it rarely. He he did the the sex book with Fraction, and then he's occasionally drawn things randomly here and there. But he doesn't draw a lot. But I, I do like his art style quite a bit. Um, yeah, with the so, right kind of story. It, but immediately I was like, oh, there's Matt Fraction, and this is Sex <laughs> Criminals again. Like uh, his, you know, he's got some types. Yeah, I don't care. It works really well for this book. What did you think of it though? Um, I didn't know for sure. It's you know, I I was happy that it was like a book about people. You know, it is it is like a completely alternate take on Hey Kids comics. Or yes. it actually it also has some box office poison in there. I think a little bit. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Because it's about yeah, like yeah, the genera- It's about like generational comics divide and how like the media properties get taken away from the original creators and turned into something else and what that means for the families involved. Yeah, I, I did really like the idea that the the dad character. He's kind of fine with it. Yeah, he likes it. Like, and and I and I bet you there are guys like that. If you see like, uh, I'm trying to think, you know, like guys who, you know, Len Wein, you know, like it goes to the thing like, hey, cool, this Wolverine movie. Marv Wolfman, he was, he, you know, when he he was in yeah. the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover on the CW shows, like he he seems cool. It's it's basically a story of this guy whose father, you know, created a lot of comics with his partner, and their 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 comics have been turned into these Marvel esque movies. And his, but his dad is not getting anything really out of it. His dad was the artist. Well, that's the question, Ryan. He seems completely content. Uh, at the end, yeah. the, the whole cliffhanger is maybe his dad did more than he than he realized to create these things, and he he's owed more. And it, and there's paperwork. That, yeah, I mean, that was the thing. But the I mean, the thing that got me about it was that like the dad is content. Like he yeah. doesn't seem upset about it. And then the other guy, the, the Stan writer. Lee of this, you know, yeah. or the Claremont, whichever it is, like complete prick. Oh, that's totally Claremont. Anyway, um, <laughs> I talked. I had a conversation with a very uh, senior Marvel uh, editor once, who 
And he just goes, some people you don't want to meet. <laughs> like, yeah, I've, I got that sense. Um, yeah, the, the the partner is is very wealthy. He's got a big house. He's got an assistant. He he's an asshole. He uh, he ha- he hates the movies. He hates the whole experience. Whereas the dad is, you know, he's got a ponytail and he's just happy to be on the, the red ride. carpet. And he's just happy to be he's at the in theater. Colors. He likes the movies and um, seems like a nice guy. And the son is a newspaper who does a newspaper reporter who does media coverage. So he gets sent to like interview the the Chris Evans of the franchise, <laughs> who's just a complete jerk. He's, he's Chris Evans from Knives Out, not Chris Evans yeah. from yeah. real life. Seemingly, well, who knows? We don't know. But I really dug it. It, it, was, it was it was unexpected. Yeah, I didn't yeah. expect it at all. I didn't know what it was going to be. I just saw Chip Zdarsky, and I went, fine. I'll read this. And uh, God, that guy has range, man. He can do any kind of story. It looks like. It, the cover is actually really evocative of the story without realizing it's, it covers this, this hero's face in the background and a bunch of hands jockeying for the mask. And it's just like, who's who who owns this property? Who runs this property? Is it, you know, Hollywood? Is it the writer? Is it the artist? Is it, I, I was just really happy that it wasn't a supernatural superhero story. It was just like, this is a story about people. And you're right. I didn't even think about the whole uh, Hey Kids comics kind of genre of this being you know the comic industry but you know and some of the cliche to do that but i enjoyed the hell out of it so whatever i mean if anybody's gonna do it it's got to be the people who are involved like yeah. you're thinking about it all. it's 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 not the same as like writing about being a writer you know like uh, uh um the radiant black mm-hmm. uh where the guy's a writer and he's not sure about his ideas and he's not yeah. working and like i get it there's a place for that and it's interesting to read sometimes but this isn't that this is should have been in a long section this is about the business and how you relate to your work and what is being done with it and how it is being exploited and how you've seen it in the past. And, you know, if you're creating comics, these are the things you're thinking about and you're looking at the world around you right now. It is fascinating. I want that. That That's not a hot take. That's a valid, legitimate, qualified opinion take. Uh, and, I, and I was interested. I do want to say that I felt I felt sorry for their actor at first. Because he's just an actor. He's just hired to say lines. Like, he doesn't need to be... He, he, I don't need an actor to have deep thoughts about the comic industry or the fairness of... Like, it's, that's not his job. You know? He's, just, he's literally just an employee. But then he turns to an asshole and the, the son punched him. And I was like, yeah, okay. But at first I was like, well, don't... I mean, now you're the asshole, son. Because he's, well, he he's just an power. actor. Hmm? He has power and he's, he's uh, benefiting from something that might have been... Sure, but that's not his problem. He's just, hired to, he's just hired to do the line. He didn't own the property. He didn't, he didn't buy it from the thing. Like, he's just a person. Just following orders, Connor. He's just a guy hired to say lines. He doesn't. He's not the producer. He's not the studio. Let me ask you, what size jod purse are you wearing today? <laughs> but then he can turn into an asshole and he got punched. That was fine. Anyway, uh, sins of the black. Speaking of, yeah, speaking of Nazis, sins flamingo. Of the black flamingo. Yeah, a lot of Nazis this week. Sins of the Black Flamingo, number one from Image Comics, written by Andrew Wheeler, drawn by Travis Moore, who, which is the reason why I picked this up. Travis Moore was the, uh, who was the artist on Nightwing for a while. Draws very pretty people. At first, I thought, oh, I hate how this is being colored. This is colored by uh, Tamara Bonvillon. And I, I, I like her work. Tamara Bonvillon, by the way. That's a mistake in the, in the script. Tamara Bonvillon. Um, it felt overcolored like they used to, or they still do for like Kevin Maguire, where they texture the faces and they give you all the muscles and the shadows. Like, doesn't don't need it. Just keep it flat. But um, this was okay. I like this enough to keep reading it. Who else read this? I read it. Um, this this did, you know, we said that we liked that public domain didn't do the supernatural twist. This did in a big yeah, way did. that yeah. I was not expecting. 
Um, the coloring, I thought, you know, it clicked for me when he's wearing the, like, it's about this gentleman thief who's very flamboyant and very Gen Z. Uh, and he, (laughs) he has this like very sequined mask that seems like it's just sort of this statement piece, but actually helps, uh, make him not appear on camera, which you actually do see, uh, like people, you know, certain protesters using similar tactics to avoid the surveillance state that we all now live in. But he ends up um, stealing some, from some Nazis in Florida and he gets a, an artifact to bring a golem back to life. And, uh, Travis Moore gets to draw a lot of, you know, butts and chests and people being pretty. And, uh, and then it, it was almost, this almost had the opposite problem of a lot of Im- image number ones where like a lot of image number ones, it feels like it's half of a, a story and you need yep. issue two to know what's going on. This almost felt like two issues crammed together. Cause I feel like you could have ended it with bringing the golem back to life and then started the next story with him getting ready to go to this party. But he ends up having this whole second act where he goes to this fancy party and essentially finds a trapped angel or demon. So yeah. who, who knows where this is going to go? It's kind of wild, but it's, it's Florida. So anything can happen. Yeah. The, uh, I guess the twist was this, all the stuff was normal. Like the, the golem is just cause this couple hired him. And so, you know, it's like, this is just normal in this world. It's not, but it's not like Hellboy world, but it, cause it feels and looks like our world, but it's, um, clearly not. Uh, but I like the art a lot. A lot. The, the main character was fun, even if he was super Gen Z and, uh, I um I'll read the next one. Most of the yeah, so we'll like more. Yeah, but uh, I applaud Jed McKay's ability to continue his Black Cat story no matter what, and that's what we get with Iron Cat number one from Jed McKay and Perez. It's just the next issue of Black Cat, which has gone through like five or six miniseries at this point, or maybe less than Fine. that. But I'm happy with it. Although this one's probably my least favorite so far. But um, you know, like every time I pick up a Jed McKay book, I think. I do not care about these characters or this premise like every time and every time he, you know, surprises me or keeps me on, on board a little bit to me, you know, that I'm, I'm at the point, like I'll pick up any Jed McKay book, mm-hmm. certainly with a number one on it. I just, I just will, you know, it's proven that much to me. The other part of this though, is that the artist is uh Perry Perez uh, who had been on spider woman. And mm-hmm. so this is the first thing that I've seen him do after that. And the art is delightful. There is a scooter yep. chase. <laughs> the streets of what is it somewhere in spain it's some ex-soviet Repu- republic, republic of that... carnelia well they yeah. have awesome scooters and uh percy misto which doesn't sound like a real place well in carnelia i mean carnelia does put me in mind of somewhere on the the you know uh adriatic coast of italy that sort of area because Car- isn't like that yeah and like um campari that didn't that, that used to be colored with um carnelian beetles so it's a whole thing. It's where my brain, you know, went. and, and there's this girl character and she wants to get revenge for what happened to, um, the black Fox, silver Fox, she's called black, black Fox. Fox here, black Fox is silver Fox, right? No, he's Whatever. always black Fox. Um, okay. I'm thinking of the, uh, colloquialism, silver Fox, mm-hmm. um, your George Clooneyism, Right. And then she goes to see Tony Stark, who's sort of always around for everything. And <laughs> I really like the beat at the end of that. Where he's right. just like, uh, Oh, ex-girlfriend trying to kill me. <laughs> Yeah, with super science. And he's like, that has happened to me so many times. I also really like when she gets mad at him for upgrading the, the suit to make it harder for her to fight against. And he's like, eh, I was bored. I get bored. I start wanting a drink. So instead of having a drink, I go work on some armor. And yours was the one I worked on. <laughs> I'm like, I, yeah. I like that characterization of Tony as Tony as Tinkerer. Yeah, really. The art is lovely. The whole car chase and boat chase stuff is just magnificent. Uh, yeah, again, I really liked it. Didn't really know what to expect from it. But that's become the Jed McKay story. I need them to put some black hat 
legacy numbering on this so I know how many issues we've, we've gone through so far. But it's been a lot. And I I just sort of laugh every time I see the, the new one come out and he's got a new twist on Black Hat. And he's it. this is a continuing story. I mean, you can definitely pick this up and read number one and be fine. But it's also like probably issue 15. Like he's yeah. he's he's kept this continuing story of Black Hat and her complicated history with the Black Fox. And, so and when her, the, the Black Cat, like either show probably tv series on disney plus comes out right he's gonna be up. like i mean seriously like he's yeah. gonna be up for uh a royalty for that and, and wouldn't wouldn't this, black cat be under that sony deal though probably yeah, yeah. can you can you just <laughs> listen i'm just saying it's morbid time okay you're not no, wearing I, glasses and you're pushing them up and it's not okay <laughs> When and I, I I didn't see the email alert. I've been having some tech issues. The, we're doing the Morbius recording. No. Is that at, right after this? No. Uh, I can just leave the tab open. I will say on that final page. Tony's got tiny little feet. I did see that. But other than that, uh, this book was really well done. I, I've enjoyed all these books, all these Black Cat books. Agree. I uh, sent a text to uh, Connor last night. I said, make sure you read the, this this week's issue of What's the Furthest Place from Here, number seven, because I know you were teetering or out as the end of the last issue and i want to know did you do that i didn't because it was first of all it was like late and we record this early yeah that's true and i i did not and so then also i'm out i'm out i said i was out last issue i'm out i know well here we go uh this is the one that takes us back to as the last sort of issue ended that first arc uh where we are you know we met all those people and some stuff happened and i can't put my finger on This takes us through a little girl's um, experience uh, at the beginning of this whole thing, Mm -hmm. for what it is. And without telling us directly... What whole thing? Like the beginning of... Why the world is the way it is. I see. Strange, whatever. Uh, You know, the dad rushes the kids out of bed. He's like, we got to go. And he's like, you said it'd be fine. And they're like, yeah. And so he you know, drives around the city and he gets to the edge of the city and there's a wall and he has to just drive right through it. And as you get outside of the wall, they're in wastelands. And there are, you know, like reavers, you know, mm. <laughs> like going after people and they go into the woods and some of those hooded people show up and they, uh, you know, they kill adults. That's the deal. Mm. And then they take the kids and they throw them. They take them to this little town. And they throw them in a movie theater and all the kids live together and sort of like, oh, this is the beginning of that thing. And they like, don't go out at night. And then they go out at night and you see sort of what happens. So they don't explain why, but it does give you a sense of the setup of the whole thing. Um, from the point of view of the kids and, and sort of how they they got into this position um, in this strange world, but it was enough that I, re- I really liked it as an issue. Um, mm-hmm. And the way he does it in those little chapters, like each issue is broken up into like six pieces or something like that. It's an interesting choice to do that. Uh, that will be the first issue of the second volume, you know? Yeah, but I think it, it's all related to that thing where you know the. The cold open is so often like the middle of the action scene and a bunch of stuff happens and then we go back to the beginning. That's just how they do stories now. <laughs> I, I think you should check it out. I, maybe not, though, because if you don't feel like you want to keep going, but it does give some context. And I, I do think it was well done. There was not a point in this where I was like, wait, who's this? What's going on? What's yeah. I, I was on it. Listen, I love Rosenberg. I love Boss. He's so good. Boss is terrific. Um, I read I read the stupid DC versus vampires this week because he wrote it and I was like, even this is good. He he writes great dialogue. So maybe maybe I will maybe yeah. I will. I'm not I'm not saying no. Those are the books we wanted to talk about. Lots of books this week. Lots of fun books this week. But we have the Patreon picture to talk about now. Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. Everybody who's a patron of the show 
Every single patron gets a vote. One per patron, one vote. That's how it works. Unless you're a married couple, like that one couple who gets two votes. But that's that's what happens. They vote to book the rundown. And this week, the overwhelming favor by quite a mar big margin was the variance number one from Marvel Comics, written by Gail Simone, art by Phil Noto, letters by Corey Pettit. And uh, this is a Jessica Jones multiverse mystery in which all Marvel books are now multiverse stories. And uh, which is funny because those people used to make fun of DC for, but now Marvel has dived into the deep end for that. And uh, I was happy to see Phil Noto. I don't know the last time I saw a Phil Noto book. I don't know the last time I read a Phil Noto book. It was good Phil Noto too. Real good Sometimes Phil Noto. It's, it's not great. I felt weird about this issue. Um, I I don't want to be the person that says certain characters can only be written by certain people, but. I don't know how compelling Jessica Jones is and Bendis isn't writing her. And I realize that's the old man talking, but... I, I understand you. I don't necessarily disagree with you. I think it was done as well here as anybody else has. Uh, didn't? I think Kelly Thompson, I think, yep. might have done a better job right. just on Jessica Jones. That was a really good story, the, the Purple yeah. Man story that she did in the direct... You're, you're, that's true, but Ke Kelly Thompson's... Very good. Very, very good. But, I mean, Gail, Gail Simone's no no amateur. Yeah. Mm. We're not huge Gail Simone fans, so. And I, I, yeah. I must admit that I am not a huge Gail Simone fan either. She rarely, uh, she I would never say that her writing is bad, but she rarely writes things that I find personally compelling when I read them. And, and that's the exact thing, and that's, uh, that is my review of pretty much everything I've ever read of hers. And I'm sorry to do that, because I know that she's quite beloved. But it's the exact same feeling I had with this book, which was that, like, this is pretty good. But it didn't get into that last gear that makes me really love something. And mm -hmm. having a Jessica Jones show up at the end who's a Captain America ain't that thing. Right. It 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 is it's missing. It is it is so much more about tone and attitude than it is a uh, a compelling plot or something that that grabs me. It's always missing that little bit that that squeeze a lime. You know. Like, <laughs> I, I, it's well, fine. I'll say I'll say that the, the pretty good. The most compelling part for me was the very, very beginning where she goes to yes. the makeup store because yes. she's going to get married and she's not that kind of girl that knows anything about makeup. And she's like talking to the blonde princess behind the counter like I need lipstick for my wedding and, you know, the two-page two spread of her trying on different shades. And I thought that that whole four-page sequence was fun. Mm -hmm. And then after that, mm -hmm. when it got – and then Daredevil shows up and it gets into the whole, you know, thing. I think also possibly that – they got to be able to tell a Jessica Jones story that doesn't involve Purple Man. They can't. There, there just seems to be no other way to do it. And it's like, I, I get it. She's the most compelling villain. You know, her story with him is the most compelling villain story you could possibly have. But like, if she's going to thrive as a character, she's got to have other things going on. You're right. And uh, this is just another Purple Man story. Or at least well, the involved. only other stories that she gets told are, are the only other time... There's two Jessica Jones stories. There's she's the wife of Luke Cage. Mm -hmm. And she's almost always secondary in those stories because she's got to protect her kid from whatever yep. it is that Luke's doing. That's that's her story. And then yep. the other one she is gets mad at Luke stories. for endangering the kid. Right. Those are the only two. Yep. I gotta tell you my favorite moment in this book. There's one bit and it's on the first page. Mm -hmm. The lady in the uh, the makeup store just goes, that's great. What are you thinking? And then is super helpful and nice. Yeah. And it was just like the unexpected thing and brings her through it. And Jessica has a pretty good experience about it and then gives her a hug. And I just thought, that's awesome. 
because it never goes that way. It was so yeah, that, so I love the sequence. The whole sequence thing. was terrific. Yep. I, I was like, oh, this is this is this is good, and then it just went into more standard Jessica Jones stuff. Yeah, the book was, the book lost me as it went. She ends up helping Matt out with a client who was also controlled by the Purple Man, and I guess the Purple Man is able to plant like a. Uh, like a, a time a trigger time yeah bomb. In, in somebody's subconscious and she's worried that she's coming up on it's like a day away for her it's a decade a decade later yeah right and then there's the multiverse thing and then i i turned the page and saw the cover for issue two and i was like oh fuck this i don't i don't want this because <laughs> the cover for issue two oh. is jessica and daredevil swinging through the city making out and i'm just like no well, do not I mean, no. it's designed for that and it, it, you know yes well i didn't like it they're not going to uh it's no, it's no flesh rifle, but it's not, it's not my preference. There's going to be multiple Jessica either. Joneses in some, in some other multiverse. She's with Daredevil, not Luke Cage. That's all it's going to be. I felt like the Captain America thing was just a play on the Captain Carter thing we just saw, and the costume. I mean, I have to, I have to knock Phil Noda here. The costume design not, not great. Um, yeah, it's got like weird, like Iron Man kneecaps. Yeah, this is some of the best Phil Noda artwork, interior yes. artwork I've seen in a while. It really dynamic, like dynamic stuff. Yeah. And he's just and he's focusing on the simple, like, and it doesn't look um, super stiff. You know, that's a thing that he can lean towards sometimes. The the you know the photo. I don't know if it's referencing, but his stuff can look really stiff. Well, and, he was uh, he was a pinup guy for so long that his stuff. Yeah. When he tried to do storytelling, was tough. And he's like a fine art guy. Like you know his his work's amazing. Well, look at the cover. Anyway. I mean, the cover is incredible with the the, yeah. the rack yeah. focus between you know the characters in the background are blurry and we never see stuff like that. It's just no, you don't. It's very good. So, that is not a typical comic book cover, is it? It just was tough. I didn't dislike the book, but I also didn't l- like it. 100%. That's ex- I mean, it's exactly where I was. So ratings, that has to put it in the 2.5 out of 5 for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with 3.5, which... That's almost a four-star book. You said you didn't like it. No, it's a B minus. I think I'm going to go solid a solid three. I really yeah. love Phil Noto. It's hard for me to go low on a Phil Noto book when it's good Phil there's, Noto. There's been some. <laughs> did you read that? Is a Chewbacca miniseries he did. It was not great. So then the question is, are you sticking with it? I probably will read the next one. I will give it another issue. I'll give them a chance because first issues are tough. Yeah. Which isn't like, oh, I'm in for this series, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a shot. Yeah, I'll give it, I'll give it one, I'll give it one more. Oh, you, you just said no. You looked at the cover and you said no, Satan, not today. Um, you know, I know what that Matt Murdock guy's like. <laughs> can't. That's true. Also, you can't resist him. He's got the Irish charm. You know, what are you gonna do? And he's, you want to save him because he's blind <laughs> and he's troubled. Really? That's yeah, yeah. yeah that's oh, what I need. So the variance number two. Jessica finally says, that Matt Murdock. I think I can fix him." <laughs> <laughs> patreon.com slash my fanboy every patron can vote to add a book to the rundown but if you go to patron at the five dollar or higher level you get a superpower live on the show we have bestowed upon you uh like old kings knighting uh a brave soul we give you a power and the first power goes to doug mosengren i hope that's how it is mosengren 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 Zengren. uh doug is a human gong <laughs> So, go on. Like if you sm- smack him in the belly or on the back or whatever, just a gong noise, and it's loud. It's like you know, does he's he, the guy you want. He, 
on the battlefield. Does he hate it to... when his friends do that? Oh yeah, for sure. Because his friends are always doing it. But you know, if you go up on the battlefield, you want to say the action has commenced. You go up, you get dug, and you pop them in the belly, and bong, and then. So your first thought was battlefield because I thought you're in the restaurant. And you can't get the waitress's attention to get the check. Well, there's all kinds of bong. reasons for, for that kind of situation, that kind of power. Um, yeah, you need to get people's attention. The gong. And start a race. I bet he's excellent at playing himself. <laughs> like he knows how to really work. Who, the who isn't? Right. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> I didn't do that. I didn't mean to do that. No, he he has he can he can bring out the subtleties in the gong noise, whereas right. his buddies are just like as loud as possible. Right. You know, it's broken up friendships. I need sure. to stop doing. Oh, what? You don't want to be the gong anymore? Come on, Doug. <laughs> I just won that hand. I needed to know. I bong. <laughs> I needed to celebrate it. <laughs> Think about college, Josh. Every time we would have played Goldeneye after every match, it would have been Doug, come oh, here. Wow. Bong. Yeah. Yeah. See? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Logan Jacobs has an amazing power. He is the granary. Logan mm. can magically produce any type of grain. Uh, from you know, from his hands, and um, is the master of all forms of grain cookery. Can can cook up any kind of porridge, any kind of rice dish, anything that has to do with grains. He is a master of all things grain. Uh, mm. But this power comes with a terrible cost that can never be discussed in public. Oh, if you know anything about the history of cereal magnates in the U.S., uh, and you could probably figure it out from there. I don't. Is it, is look up eugenics? the look up the reason graham crackers exist. I don't want to. Don't ruin graham crackers. All right, I'll tell you guys, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bleep it because I don't want the viewers I don't want the viewers to know. Graham crackers aren't cracker. They're meant to prevent you from. Well, that failed. That really messes. With, that really messes with the Doug metaphor that's going on. <laughs> I know, right? That was why. That was why you really you really lined me up for that one, Flanagan. I mean, porridges, I oat, oatmeal, rye, barley. Wheat, corn, he can make a, a, an amazing whiskey, excellent brewer, great You bowl should of be staying away from all whiskey-based powers for a while. <laughs> this power was developed before any incidents may or may not have occurred in my actual life. Fair all right. Ashing Kushner, Ashing Kushner mm-hmm. has the power to erase from existence one news story per day. <laughs> what does that mean? The story or the, the the actual thing that happened, the thing that happened. He oh. can it can either uh, it can either erase that thing from having happened, or uh, reverse it in some way that makes sense that doesn't mess with everything else. Wow! All right. Um, so he's looking at the paper in the morning, or the I mean, not the paper, but actually saw a New York Times printed paper on the ground on my dog walk this morning. I was like, oh my god! I get one I delivered every day. One. I know, but I'm in New Hampshire. Okay. That, That's I, true. I was like, how many people in my neighborhood are getting those? Like, you should find who that person who is and become friends with them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't expect it based on the house. But anyway, so you look at the news in the morning and, you know, it's a hellscape. <laughs> and you just go, not that. <laughs> and that's gone. You know, so, nope. uh, you know. It can, it can make a big impact. Like, sure. you know, at some point he's just like, he's reading about Fukushima and he goes, nah, fixes it. You know, it can't go backward. It has to be that day. It has to be new news. He can't like sleep in and look at yesterday's paper. Right. Miss the opportunity. You get one a day for that day's news. So is it, is no. it 
that day's news? Because if it's the paper, it's yesterday's news. You got to give it the tw- you know when he gets it. Twenty four hours. Like, yeah, yeah. Let's let's go with that. And it has to be like, from a newspaper. Sometimes, but like if he's like a sports fan, that could yeah. be a problem. He's like, no, KD, you're staying with Brooklyn. <laughs> oh shit! It, it could waste it. That would be a huge waste. Also, I didn't week. tell you what sort of political leaning he has. Maybe he's That's a climate true. change denier. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, so if he, a climate change denier had the power to prevent climate change from happening by just denying it with their powers, I would be he okay. He doesn't with believe that. in it. He wouldn't deny it. He would deny the things that, that are supposed it. to fight yeah. it and are, yeah. are wasting resources that he sees mm, as unnecessary. That's a shame. Well, I can't support that. So Ashton could be a hero or a villain, depending on your mind and hit, and their their yeah. beliefs. So there you go. Doug, Logan, Ashing, thanks for being patrons. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's where they went and they became $5 a month patrons. That's how people support the show. It's the main way of support. It's our main direct uh, way of keeping the lights on. Keeps us in equipment and new software and perhaps laptops. We Like all kinds of things that have to be replaced. Patreon.com slash iFanboy is the one that keeps the lights on. And we do appreciate that. You can become a part of a great community. There's a Discord group. There's a... I assume still a Facebook group. I don't know if it's burned down or if there's effigies of us smoking and everyone else is gone. And there's uh, monthly hangouts and all kinds of fun stuff we do for the patrons. So patreon.com slash iFanboy. They also unlock shows like the Talksplodes, the Booksplodes, the Mediasplodes. Um, if we get, ever get there, they'll unlock TV coverage. They'll unlock bar- barbecue shows, all kinds of fun things. We have stretch goals, so check that out there. If you ever thought of becoming one, this is a great time to do so. iFanboy.threadless.com is where you can buy our T-shirts. Our most le- our newest shirt, which is came out last year, so it's not super new, is our Gosh shirt. Um, we did sort of broach the idea of coming up with new designs recently, so the wheels are slowly turning. The wheels are in motion. It's I'm like that Conan the Barbarian voice. movie where Conan's pushing that wheel. Why was he doing it? It's probably actually a grain-based thing, but he was pushing yeah, that wheel. It it's because all of the Sumerians were <laughs> like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> so... <laughs> they had to do something to stop it. So we're getting that wheel wheel, wheel moving. Fanboy.com slash support is our PayPal link. That's where you can throw a, di- a tip in the digital jar. And fanboy.com slash Amazon is where you can find our Booksplode books as well as uh, a general Amazon link. And finally, we have partnered with bookshop.org to bring you links for those books. Also on our Booksplode books, it's a great way to help independent and local bookstores by shopping at bookshop.org. That's where I do my book shopping. So... All those ways are ways we keep the show going, keep the lights on, keep the bills paid, keep our time uh, reimbursed, and we thank everyone who does so. A, a thing that a lot of people don't realize is that Crom's big thing, and the mm-hmm. reason that Conan is so mad at it. <laughs> Never. He doesn't, he's, you're not allowed to. He doesn't do it. Doesn't see why you can't. Hey, don't do that. That's Crom's whole thing. They don't mm. go into it in the books. Conan found the loophole by just banging everything that moves. (laughs) Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, Crom's like, assault those people. Do whatever you want with their bodies. Not not a lot of people know that Kellogg uh, was a Crom guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's perfectly Cromulent. Let's answer one question. Scott H. from Portland, Oregon. I've been thinking about this question since the first time I noticed there was a Miller Harbor in Gotham City. If you started a, a fanboy city... Who are some of the people whose names you would use to name things, and how would you use them? Would there be a Cook Park, a Hopped Bridge, a Richards Field? Uh, um, yes. I mean, we 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 go through our staff. Like we would yeah. have like the Mrochkowski uh, Courthouse. 
Right. Um, you know, the, no, the, it, I think it'd be the Morachkowski, like, uh, what are those, what are those places where you can just go in and bash everything like a rage room? <laughs> <laughs> no, the courthouse though is like, he can finally make those decisions. To true, 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 true. Um, I don't know if Scott H is a student of history, but there actually already are Halpert bridges. It's a specific type of trust bridge that was all right. developed. All right. It's true. It, this is, this is civil war stuff. I thought Josh would be all, all on top of this. Herman Haupt, who was a civil war general, uh, in the union, all right. So just, my next you know, question. <laughs> um, he was, uh, he knew Abe Lincoln personally, and he basically would, would go with his unit and rebuild the bridges as the Confederates burnt them to try to prevent the Union Army from moving along. And he eventually developed a, a bridge that's called the Help Trust Bridge. And there are still a few surviving examples in like Ohio and Pennsylvania. So that's actually a really interesting story, you asshole. I, I know. That's why I was like, don't cut me off. I, this is going to get, I can get my hooks in Flanagan. I know I can't. All right. What, what would you, what would you like? Uh, to be named what would you like to be named for you would it be a street would it be a highway no, I want the, Did you want I want the, the bridge? bridge i do okay, want the bridge yeah. bridge but then they're gonna think it's named for that dude not you the sure. only other help thing is there's a bunch of memorial gardens in like brooklyn and dc that are named after this um philanthropist named enid helped so i could do a, a garden but um i don't i think a bridge i like an idea of a bridge you don't you don't want the Haupt science center no no that's too on the nose for that yeah yeah <laughs> and nothing nothing will ever top on? Nothing will ever top the Flintstones Cave of Science, so I don't need to. I'm not trying to step on those toes. How come all the docents here have jodhpurs on at the (laughs) Science Center? That's not a good sign, by the way. Um, Turns out uh, iFanboy City is actually in Argentina and was established (laughs) in the late 40s or. (laughs) (laughs) Leading the world in eugenics again. Uh, Connor, what would you like? I I mean, I don't know. I feel like. A sports uh, complex? Josh, do you want the concert venue? I would like a uh, I would like a conservation forest. I would like a conservation a forest. forest. Yeah, like a big forest, either you know that's sort of on the side or, or c- central to the city. Connor, uh, do you want like a access. pizza place? Do you want a pizzeria? I mean, if a you taqueria? want I don't think you want to go to the Kilpatrick Pizza Place. It's that deep fried Scottish pizza that I've heard yeah. so much about. Yeah, um, I mean, a pub, the Kilpatrick Pub. What is Ron's real last name, Josh? Uh, I don't remember. I remember. Uh, oh, like a, like a, he's name. got like a pre Ellis Island situation. Yeah. We could name the pizza places after that. That'd be a deep cut. Only only people who listen to the Goodfellas show would know that. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, is it, what do we get? Uh, is it? Is there a Hank's Tiki Bar? Yes, there would be Hank's Tiki That's Bar. Yep. Is there yeah. a, a Gordon the Internist Medical Center? <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. I thought no, he would a have a theater. Pun. He's I know, a, but the Gordon the internist, get it? He's an internist. I get that, but it would be the the strain district theater district. The strain, or, or, or the, like the strain theater. Yeah, he would he would be yeah. the the old money theater. Place. Well, I mean, it'd have to be it'd have to be next to the Money Penny Bank. Right. Hey guys, right. Uh, this is now officially the most self indulgent thing yeah. we've ever done, and I think I don't think it would be called <laughs> iFanboy City. Wouldn't it be iFan City? Do we drop the boy? I mean, we uh, should have done that a long time ago. Or is it I City? That's probably a product of that. <laughs> Contact.ifanboy.com is where you can write in like Scott. Thanks for writing in. Also, if you want to write in for the media explode, although you Wait, just... we didn't give anything to Paul. That's, that feels like an oversight. Well, we well, didn't get things to a lot Paul, of people. It wasn't an oversight. Paul's section of the city was supposed to be there, but he took it somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> the Montgomery Memorial abandoned lot. Um... <laughs> Montgomery Park See, sounds good to me. You know, he's a dog. He's got a dog shelter. Yeah, Montgomery Park has a dog park in it. Yeah, yeah. 
I like it. Contact.fanboy.com. Also, our media split. You've, you've missed the summer mailbag show, but you can still write in. We'd like to do emails on the media split show, so you can put that in the subject line. Let's get out of here by plugging some shows. We had four shows in June, four extra shows, although one was technically in July. Booksplode, Superman for All Seasons. That's where Paul joined us to talk about Superman and Tim Sale. And that happened right before he died. We didn't even know he was sick or whatever happened. So it's a great show to, to listen to talk about Superman and also how great Tim Sale was. Uh, we did a special edition show on DC Showcase Constantine, the House of Mystery with Ryan and Paul. We talked about the Showcase shorts. Those were a lot of fun. Our media blow topic was Top Gun, both films. That was a super fun show to do. And just behind the show on the feed, you can find our Talksplode interview with Mahmoud Asrar and Josh Flanagan coming together to talk about comics. Roger that. From, from Vienna, Austria. Did he have the accent? No, because he grew I, up in Turkey. I know, he's Turkish. July. He's Turkish. He grew up in Turkey. These are Jul- things in the show. You should listen. Uh, I've seen over a dozen turkeys in the last couple of days. We are in the past. It's a time warp. July is... There should be three shows. There'll be Media Explode Show, which is our summer mailbag show. We'll do a special edition review of Thor, Love, and Thunder, and there'll be a talk explode again because the last one was a makeup for May. So there'll be a July talk explode as well. Well, all so, right then. Ho- ho- hopefully. I was getting ready to post an episode of Science Sort of yesterday, and you'll be glad to know, listeners, that I moved it to an external hard drive, and so I could still post it later today. <laughs> Otherwise, the show might have been canceled. Oh, um, man. So I, I do a show called Science Sort of. It's uh, scientists talking about our science with each other and friends and, and guests, and uh, it's available wherever you get this podcast. You should talk about the science of liquid on on. On electronics, on mother yeah. on motherboards, yeah. yeah, not good. <laughs> it's not great, Bob, to use that ma- done, that gif. He's done some practical research on this matter, and uh, I mean, the <laughs> it's, initial... called, it's, it's called a, it's called a p- applied versus theoretical. I'm out of the yeah. realm of the theoretical. I'm purely in the realm of applied research. The, the initial data seems to show a correlation <laughs> between electronics failure and sure. liquid grain alcohol. Sure, <laughs> moisture moisture of any kind, really. It's well, mostly water. We don't, well, the sugar, the sugar corrodes, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the fine people of, of Cupertino will be receiving a check soon, <laughs> 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 one way or another. <laughs> they can use it towards I City. Uh, you can find all of our shows over at ifanboy.com as well as the archive of years of great comic book writing from talented staff, some of whom were name checked in that earlier one, and you'd have to be very old to recognize who they are but that is a that is a gift for those people that's how that's going to work you can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out uh follow at ifanboy on twitter or at ifanboy at ifanboy comics on instagram and i recommend by the way just unfollowing literally everyone else unless you have that same power uh, <laughs> that uh ash and kushner kushner uh had earlier because uh, it's not good. You can follow us individually. Connor is uh, CL Skilpatrick on Instagram. I am J.A. Flanagan on Instagram. And Ryan is Ryan Haupt on Instagram. It just old Haupt, which the bridge company really wants on Twitter. No, actually, there's a menswear company in Germany that makes shirts. I knew I, knew I wasn't going to get through there. Have they <laughs> offered to pay for that? No, but every once in a while I'll get tagged by somebody who's like, I'm heading out to the club wearing my helps, and I always give them a little, I give them, give them a like. I'm like, good for you, man. Get out there. Get well, it. speaking of that, it was really funny. For years, there was a there's a club in Miami called Murmur, and for years we used to have, we used to have a website called Murmur, and uh, we had the, we had the social handle for a while at Murmur, and for years they would tag us in posts about the cl- people would tag us and post about the club. I was just at Murmur. It was so lit. I was like, what is happening? And I would dig in and I'm like, oh, there's a club called Murmur. People didn't. It was very funny. The Mike Romo Rollerama Roller Rink. Roller Romo Rama? 
Roller Romorama. Romer Kingdom. Uh, subscribe to YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash, you guessed it, iFanboy. Uh, keep up to date on the video show reuploads. Uh, we are we are right there. The minis, uh, you got two weeks to go of yep. new minis. Two more. Uh, I think that it's possible that uh, we won't see what the best books of 2009 were. I think you're just going to have to learn about a book a week from 2008. Apparently. <laughs> uh, this week uh, is the, the pick of the week, Marvel 1985, number five. Mark Miller? Yep. Mark Miller Mark and Miller Tommy and Lee Edwards. Tommy, yes. It was a Ron I, pick. I, I have useless information in my head, but uh, there it is. Old ads, Green Lantern number 51. That's me? Yep. That yep. was your bit. Uh, that's kind of fun bit. That's a fun bit, the old ads. And uh, your, you um, see your, those. your shelf show is really popular. Oh, still, it came back, huh? Yeah. All right. But we have, um, yeah, four more. And. I'm just looking now. I think f- most of them are group ones because we shot them together. Yeah, the next one's a group one. The last one's a group one. Yep. I think the rest of them my are shelves, one. My one. shelves basically look the same. They're just in a different place now. I filled up that, and I was like, no more space. <laughs> we, we must have shot a bunch at your house because the, the, the pick of the week one was, was Ron but in your, at your desk. Hmm. And, then the, and then the last couple of the group ones... We shot one of them, at least one of them at your at your place. We must have shot a couple at your place. What kind? How would you label the kind of punishment that we're giving Ryan right now by making the show the longer? John longer. Suntress word balloon blimp. He's doing it to himself. Aerodrome, aerodrome. Yeah, that's true. He is. Oh, it's my turn. If you, if you like the show, consider <laughs> writing a review or leaving a star rating for an Apple Podcast. For this show, for science, sort of, for any podcast you listen to. Uh, that's a great way to help shows you enjoy is to rate them and review them online. That's how the algorithm feeds the beast to help people find the show. Even better, that's word of mouth. Tell your friends. Tell your uh, tell the worker at Romo Rama who you you rent the skates from, and say, "Hey, I also enjoy the iFanboy show." And they're like, "Great, next." Mike Romo with that can of spray just spraying into yeah. the old skates. <laughs> and uh, thanks for listening. Anymore. Thanks, Ryan, hey. for persevering and finding a computer that works. Yeah, and, uh, it's what we do. It's not what we're about, but it's what we do. If I may, very quickly, it's going to be, if you're listening to this, it's either almost the 4th of July. Maybe you're listening on Tuesday because you had Monday off. Yeah. Ooh. You know, there are really interesting and great things about this country. Uh, uh, and if you go back to learn about the 4th of July, the time around it, you're going to see some of that there. Uh, and, and if you're listening to this, you should, you should try to make this place be that thing that you think it should be. Right, because uh, a lot of people are trying not to do that, and uh, it's disconcerting. But there are things to be proud of, uh, and and you can help make them better. And this is a good time to think about that. So I don't feel that right now, but it's, but it's there. It should yes, but it's the the the, the machinery is there. It it can be possible, but only uh, you know you got to work only, for it. Only with you got to yeah. fight for it. That's the thing we've learned is uh, we got we got complacent in the nineties, early two thousands, and. Uh, you got to fight for it. You got to fight every day. Yeah. And uh, uh, everybody out there who's having a hard time, uh, you know, we're here for you. If, if this is the thing that helps a little bit, it certainly helps. We're, all, we're also not not having a hard time. This is a performance <laughs> that we put on to make ourselves and you, the listener, feel better. I, and I think it worked I, this week. I am. Yeah, but it works me. on us, too. No, yes, that's so. what I'm saying. It's it's yeah. it's, it's yeah, therapy. This is, it's it's, therapy. it's therapeutic it, for performance me. Is, performance uh, implies some sort of falsity to the. It's it's not bad. It's uh, well, no, but I, I get a performance high off of doing the show. Yeah, as I, if I were on a, a stage. Sure, sure, sure. I'm just saying uh, it's more like therapy. 
than performance. But I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Anyway, so that's we're here. Some, some good words from Josh. All right. Thanks, thanks everybody. We'll see you next it. week. See you next week. Except I won't be here. I'll be at the shop with my